Festi fam, the time is now. Festival Goers Unite, welcome to the Festi Files podcast, where we highlight the creative and inspiring individuals within the music industry who collectively come together and bring you the music festivals, the music you listen to, just an ultimate positive good vibration. If you're watching this at home, if you attend music festivals, if you're behind the scenes at music festivals, if you're dancing on stage or in the crowd, or if you're providing the beats, the melodic beats, like this lovely soul right here, like she does. <laughs> each contributing, you're each an integral piece in the puzzle. My name is Desmond Beristain, CEO of Festi, Festival Smart Band. And uh, today's a beautiful day. You know, there's so much happening in the world, but you have to learn to appreciate the little things, right? It's this time where we must be mindful. It's this time where we've, cho we've chosen to provide a platform and we want to share the inspiring stories. There's a lot of negativity out there in the world, yes, but there's a lot of positivity, a lot of inspiration to be drawn from stories. We're all at home right now and it's an opportunity to self-reflect. It's also an opportunity to spread positivity to others, right? If you're having a good day, reach out to someone else and also learn. So today we're going to learn. We're going to learn of a beautiful story. So this Los Angeles-based uh, electronic music producer She's a songwriter, vocalist, and a DJ. She started her journey in 2016. And I can attest to this because I literally like met her in 2016 and followed her whole journey from afar. <laughs> and, and it's beautiful. So it's beautiful that we're, we're here right now. She's performed at multiple festivals all across the globe, Latin America, Europe. And she's even the founder of um, her own record labor, label, Earporn Records. And they place an emphasis on music with live component features. They offer a melodic, deep vibrational music, and they're looking to connect people through an erotic journey through sound. She has singles such as Masquerade, yeah, not done yet, Masquerade <laughs> and Infinite, which have, you know, they've soared up the Beatport charts and they're available on all platforms. She's super active in the community. Literally last week she was out there being active protesting and we truly appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. And uh, you can feel her energy in the music, right? It's beautiful to see where she's come. And as a woman in this space, let's hear her story, everybody. Lauren Mia, what's up, Lauren? Welcome hey, to the festivals. Thank you so much for having me, babe. I deeply, deeply appreciate it. That was quite an introduction and you gave me the goosebumps. <laughs> thank you. No, I thanks really for joining us. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful, like I said, just, Thank you for being you, you know, uh, I really think like starting in 2016 to see where you're at right now, that, that doesn't happen just, you know, by crossing your fingers, wishing you put a lot of time and effort and literally I can hear it in your music. So um, first off, how are you? How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm actually doing really well. Um, yeah, last week was a really powerful experience. I think for all of us, a very, very challenging, difficult time, but uh, I can honestly say that I was a part of a few protests last week, but one of them uh, was one of the most powerful experiences in my life. I mean, one of the most powerful, because I, I think we all in our generation and in the music community, we all are part of a community of love and unity, right? Like if we think back in the day, like poor, peace, love, unity, respect, right? I don't know who else is, you know, an old time raver like me. I used to have the candy and the whole thing, <laughs> right? So we love that idea of unity and and music 
you know, festivals and nightlife allows us an opportunity to come into a space that's safe and most of the time, and we get to be equal and join, you know, energies and love and laughs and just move our bodies and self-express. Now that's like the ideal. And I got to witness that outside of the music community in a sense at that protest. It was so powerful to me. I was emotional. I was crying. I was happy because seeing that many people of all types of races, religion, social class, whatever the separation has come through us through social construction and control was sort of broken. And we all came together and we're fighting for change. And now I feel like our community can really push that forward and maybe just help spread this throughout the globe where in the next decade, things will be really different um, than what we know it today. So I was really grateful to be a part of that and to help fight for the rights of my brothers and sisters because I do see my, my human brothers and sisters as family and as one. And so I'm, it's an honor really to be alive during this time and like be a part of that, you know? For sure. Thanks for sharing that. Like I said, thank you from the bottom of my heart for going out there. And, you know, it takes a certain energy to, to say, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do something. Um, right. And, and it's okay, people, if you're protesting in solidarity, but being out there, you're quickly reminded about that universal connection. And it literally can overtake your body and you'll feel this rush of emotions and just feel like, yes, I'm, I'm standing up for something. And you know, and you know, it's right. You know, it's right. We all have that innately within us. So to get out there, I mean, it's beautiful. Even, even taking the time out of your day, taking the time out of your busy schedule, all the things, all the goals, everything you want to accomplish and saying, no, right now, this is what's important. And we're going to continue to take the steps forward in that regard. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that we are a part of the change right right now. And our children are going to look at this time as just a historical moment. Like they're not going to, I hope and believe as an optimist, as optimist uh, that they won't really experience racism and separation and segregation and religious, you know, persecution the way that maybe our parents have and we have to some extent. We've already experienced less of that. You know, we don't have slavery. Thank goodness gracious. We've put a lot of that behind us. But overall, there is still religious persecution. There's genocide. There's racism. And that does exist. But we are shifting that. And also the way we raise the future generations. That's up to us. You know, we can actually shift these these aspects in our life and our society. And through art and music and love, that is like love is our truth and there's so many ways to push that forward through touch through sound through our senses right so yeah yeah we're doing it, we're, we're doing it. exactly and even on this end we took time off a couple of days i wanted to let everything sink in right but then I, I spoke with my team and i said you know what guys like we need to push the positivity and if providing a place for people to spread their you know share their story voice something that for everyone staying at home wondering what to do, living maybe in fear at a lower vibration, can look at and be inspired, like, and then try certain things. So, you know, today there are going to be women who look at you and be like, wow, she made it happen. I could make it happen, right? Try something. They're going to be just entrepreneurs in general. Um, on this podcast, it's really interesting because we started to talk about really deep topics. Um, we all love music festivals. And I say this, the world is a festival. So now we're looking at, all right, well, how can we make the world a better place? 
and we're utilizing the music festival space uh, as a, a, a as to prove the concept. And um, we've talked about a lot of different topics. So so let's get into it right now. I want to hear your story. How do you go in 2016? You know, I'm out, I'm outside Exchange. I see this beautiful face. I you know I chat with you, and then like I, I you know I, I'm tuned in. I'm watching the social media, and it's just like. Boom, boom, boom. And when you see that, when you see someone's passion and you can feel it, you're like, dude, then the track comes out and the next track comes out and the collab. And there's only one way that can really happen. Well, it takes two things, sacrifice and passion. So talk about. That is exactly right. (laughs) That's a very true statement. Sacrifice is a huge aspect to when you're pursuing a goal. Um, you have to make sacrifices. You can't carry everything. Things have to change when you're bringing something new into your life. So to try to tell my story in a brief way, um, I always was uh, talented musically as a kid. My mom put me on the piano when I was young. I was singing in the choirs, the, you know, the school musicals and what have you. But growing up in L.A., um, and I'm sure like we're discussing right now, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of negativity that exists, right? And there's a lot of uh, competition and bullying and um, separation through humanity. That's because our government, unfortunately, and um, just the control that they need over us humans is to separate us. And there's a lot of greed. And and with all of that, I didn't think it was actually possible for someone like me to achieve my dreams. At a young age, that was put out really quickly. So around 12 years old, I had a lot of insecurity issues. I was never the popular girl. You know, I was bullied a lot um, when I was young. And then obviously, like, maybe I grew up and my physical aspects changed a little bit. And so people started to treat me differently. But that didn't make me feel good because I saw right through that shallowness of like, oh, so I look different now. Now you're nice to me. Um, I was like like mentally like effed up about that um I had a really difficult time and I purposely you know surrounded myself with people that I found to be different that's also how I got introduced to the music community at the time in seventh grade I was around 14 15 years old when I went to my first rave I was young Uh but I found a place that made me feel safe um and where people were nice to me and didn't make me feel judged or that I wasn't good enough So that was around the time that I started going to raves, I stopped uh, nurturing my musical talents because I found another uh, musical therapy for me Mm -hmm. that didn't involve putting pressure on myself to be good at something, I guess. I just had to go and enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did that for many years and the more years passed, the more I moved away from music and it was about eight years that I hadn't touched my piano hadn't seen anything and anyone who was friends with me, um, they didn't they didn't know that I had talents. Pretty much all through high school, no one knew. Um, I graduated high school and then that's the time where you start to try to figure out what you're gonna do with your life. Yeah. And so when I was in college, I declared myself a comm studies major, religious studies minor to study all the, you know, the different types of humans out there. I'm really I care a lot about diversity and loving the difference in all of us as well from a young age. Um, but I was never fully happy. Um, nothing I was doing, whether it was broadcasting or then I got into, you know, doing music, video production. I was just working on set as a PA. Nothing I did uh, felt right. I was just unhappy and I felt out of place. 
Um, and then uh, I had a couple of events happen in my life that were the, the most difficult. It was the most difficult time period of my life. I lost my first friend. She passed away. Um, I started looking at life differently. I went into a really, really dark space and I moved back to my parents' house and I started my, ro- my, my journey of self, uh, self-love and self-healing. And through that, psychedelic medicine, burning man, <laughs> meditation, yoga, and therapy, you know, I did that regularly for seven years. <laughs> it wasn't just like, uh, I mean, until this day, I do therapy, I meditate every day, I do yoga, and uh, I, I idolize psychedelic medicine for what it's done for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I healed, and through that journey, I, when I moved back home, I saw my piano at my parents' house, um, I started playing it and I wrote my first song, which was about my friend who passed and everything started to align from there really quickly. Uh, Burning Man, at, at the time I was working for Denmark Records, mm-hmm. doing marketing and events and working for other artists, you know, making them whatever. And that's the time that you kind of saw me as well when I was just going to a lot of events in LA and involved, um, heavily supporting the house and techno scene here, even the dubstep scene at one point as well. Um, and then I had a huge epiphany one day was at lightning in a bottle Um, I saw Stefan Bodson play and I had a pure moment of alignment for anybody that's actually spiritual out there I literally had a moment a vision and a moment of alignment where I was like that's supposed to be me I don't know where it came from I swear to you it was just a moment and I called my mom literally from the festival crying and i was like i figured it out like i know what i'm supposed to be doing it makes me emotional because <laughs> yeah. it was such a profound moment to be able to recognize when you have that moment of alignment that you're searching for for so long is so powerful but you have to do the work to get there self-work right and it was tough i was really i dealt with depression and anxiety severely there were times where it was fatal to my life and I overcame all of that. And then I found something that I, I figured out was my calling. So I just decided I'm going to do this. <laughs> that was it. And I told my family, I'm like, I'm going to go back to school for audio engineering and music production. Um, I needed a little bit of help financially. I was you know, not making enough money to pay for school. I did school for three years. And, and I worked every single day from the moment I decided. And three or four years after I made that decision, I started releasing music um, or about two and a half years later. And here I am now (laughs) just doing it. Wow. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing all that. I mean, that's, that's the truth of the matter. And um, it's like putting, putting that energy out into the universe or asking. And, And what happens a lot is the universe will bring that back to you. Right. And you just have to be ready when it comes when that opportunity comes, because let's say you, you were trying to figure out what to do. And we're going to talk about mental health, because I think that's extremely important, especially during this time. But in, in all of our lives, um, how you were ready and you stepped into it. You just said, I work every single day because honestly, I, speak, I bet it's because you, were, you, you realize it. And the appreciation for that realization prompts you to say, then I'm giving it everything. Yeah. And, yeah. Exactly. Everything. hundred percent. Like I, I left the festival after I spoke to my mom on the phone, my girlfriend Gabby was in the car with me and I was like, okay, so I'm going to do this, but 
how am I just supposed to jump into this scene and be actually acknowledged and recognized as a professional producer? Mm -hmm. I don't know how to make music on, you know, electronic music. And she's like, just fucking do it. Like, there's no way. Just go and do it. I don't want to see your face for three, four months and go figure it out. And so I did. And I didn't see, I mean, the first few months that I actually embarked on trying to navigate my journey with music, I didn't see anybody. Mm-hmm. And I was having the best time through it. Like, I didn't feel lonely. I didn't feel the want or the need to go out there. I felt like I found something that makes me happy to be alone. And I never felt happy alone. We're always feeling lonely when we don't have a significant other, we're not with our friends. And people feel lonely right now in quarantine, but the reality is it's a perfect opportunity for you to discover how to fall in love with yourself. And what is gonna make you feel whole so that when you're with yourself, you don't feel lonely, you feel solitude, you enjoy it. You're like, yes, I'm alone, I'm doing what I love. And it's just, that's what life is all about. Yeah. And I push and support and, and hope to inspire people throughout my life to, to stop whatever it is they're doing if they're not happy and go after what they love because that is their purpose on this earth. And it's if we all find our place, like you said, we're all adding the piece to the puzzle that we need to add. And it will be aligned and we'll all be aligned. It's possible. That's why Burning Man, everyone's like, oh, it changed my life. Everything's so perfect there. But that's what we're doing. We're all aligned. We're all equal. You take currency out of the situation. There's no difference from one another. It's powerful. Powerful stuff. Yeah. Can you tell me about Burning Man? Because everyone I've met, obviously, like, when they even say Burning Man, like, you feel it. And I'm like, damn, like, I've never attended Burning Man. And then they look at me like, man, dude, you would be a Burning Man, dude. And I was like, what? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like your energy and your smile, your kindness, your heart, the way we converse, we, you know, we don't know, we didn't know each other very well. And we converse with love and, and, and kindness and there's no barrier, right? I'm like sending you so much love, big hugs, blah, blah. That's what it's all about. We are a part of something way bigger than us. We are not separated. We are souls in a human body. I wish people really understood spirituality, God. Yes, I firmly believe that there's a higher power. But unfortunately, I find religion, and as a religious studies scholar, um, religion actually has done nothing but separate us, unfortunately. And, um, and, and, and I just feel like Burning Man, what it provides is a space and an opportunity for people to experience what it is to coexist with people who are different than you both, you know, race, religion, ethnicity, everything that we're taught that separates us mm-hmm. goes out the door and it's a hundred thousand people. It's not just a little bit, it's like a whole city. Yeah. And you see that it's actually possible for everybody to, to take care of each other and love each other and be an equal. This person can be 50 years old, but just because he's 50 doesn't mean we can't be friends because we're taught that that doesn't make sense here, mm-hmm. but everything makes sense at Burning Man. And it's so powerful because it's one week for people to see what it is. If we all contribute, if we all, you know, put our differences aside, especially currency, money is what separates people more than anything. For sure. Right. So if you're at a restaurant and someone's serving you food, they feel lower than you just by being a waiter. It's just like, I feel the energy when I'm around, like at restaurants, it makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I try to be so kind to everybody that I, I pass in my life because people feel less than all the time. I even did at one point. So I think Burning Man, what it's really about for people who haven't gone, if you want to really open your eyes to what it is to live a life 
where we're all equal and love each other, it, it's possible. And it's the future. And we can be that way in real life if we all just take the values of the music culture and Burning Man, for example. Word. And I mean, from what I've seen and the, my friends have gone, it's, it's interesting because you'll have like CEOs from like Fortune 500 companies, but then you'll have, everyone's a human. So you go there and all that stuff is kind of out the window. It's about how do you treat others, you know, and, and on that, and that vibrational connection, as opposed to all these things you said it, like, of course, finance plays, especially us, we're in LA, like we're in the freaking mecca of like all this wildness but um it's beautiful to see like to see through that once you can start seeing through that it, it just paradigm shift and how you mentioned psychedelic therapy like that's what it's supposed to do all it is those places exist already within your mind like the mind is is something that can it's genius it can create it's connected to the source and all these psychedelics i mean what what i believe they do they do is it's like a key and it opens it up. And then after that, you can realize, dude, that's been there all along. It just needed that little opening and then you can just appreciate it, so. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're barely using more than, like I think less than 10% of our brain's abilities. Um, and psychedelics, the reason why they've been taught to be so dangerous and bad is because the people who are controlling our world <laughs> don't want us to have that type of knowledge. It, it scares them. They will know that they can be overthrown or we will just, you know, a, a approach life in a different way. So they've made us think that it's bad. They've made it illegal. But it's, it's here for us as an organic source, you know, like mu mushrooms and psilocybin in general, is, which is now being actually researched by the United States government because mm -hmm. of its benefits, right, and DMT, et cetera. Um, they really just help you figure out what's already there, like you said. Yeah. And it attaches different neurotransmitters to get them to work together, which aren't already working together. So we usually have only certain neurotransmitters that work uh, individually or together, but it just kind of joins everything together. If you look at like an actual brain scan from a doctor of someone on LSD, you can see what it looks like versus someone who's not. And it's unbelievable mm -hmm. what our brain, how our brains work. And therefore, we kind of just start to understand, oh, that human that I may usually think is so different than me is literally part of me. Yeah. Like we're literally connected as a, as a, you know, our DNA is basically the same, even as monkeys, as trees. Trees have similar DNA to humans. Yep. We have similar elements in our bodies to the stars. Stars have iron, calcium. We have iron and calcium. And people start to understand that we're literally children of the stars, that we're here to learn and to love and to help each other. Things would be very different. And we wouldn't all be suffering the way that we all are. That's the reality. Yeah, we, we each have superpowers. And honestly, you know, being at home right now, this time of self-reflection, little things, people, get outside if you can. You know, get in nature, ground. Like, earthing is a real thing. Think about... Us, we're, we're vibration, you know, vibration patterns, and we're taking so much energy. So it, it's coming through frequency, but we have like shoes on and stuff. So if you go outside, get in nature, take your shoes off, take your socks off, put your feet in the ground, you're literally going to channel some of that energy because you never feel like anxious or why, why am I feeling a certain way? We're, we're charged, we're supercharged, and sometimes we have to release that in a natural state and we're connected. So, um, Man, so much to talk about. This is great. Wow. Oh my God, I love speaking with you. You're wonderful. 
Yeah, for Bottom sure. Down. <laughs> and, and meditation, you guys. Like, there's so many amazing free gu uh, guided meditations on YouTube. Just Google 10 minute guided meditation for clearing anxiety, 10 minute meditation to help you go to sleep. Whatever it is, there's a guided meditation out there for free at your service, beautiful music. And if you just practice that even a few times a week at first, it'll change your life. Right? For sure. Like, um, let's talk about self care because I want to, I'm going to intertwine the two. So you work hard pretty much. It seems like you're working every single day. Um, even if it's posting online, if it's composing, you're just taking part in a, in a challenge right now and talk about burnout. How do you keep yourself um, well, I would say self-care is, is a way to kind of combat burnout or keep that at bay. Um, what's your self-care process like and how has it really changed your life? You just mentioned it earlier, doing yoga, meditation, and, and other tips, uh, other things such as that. So uh, one of the biggest sacrifices I had to make in order to maintain self-care was to rid myself of my party life, which you know, when I was a festival party goer supporting the music industry, not an actual producer, um, I was able to go have fun on the weekends and kind of recover Monday, Tuesday. It's like, oh, Monday, blah, blah, blah. When you're, when I, I feel a responsibility now as a producer um, and someone who's distributing other people's music where I'm no longer looking to party, drink, and do drugs. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the reality. Like, I'm here to provide... Uh, Sonic, my, my contribution is through uh, sound. And so with that, I can't be fucked up when I'm producing music because then I'm not really connecting to the vibrations that I want to provide for people to feel on the dance floor. Mm -hmm. And I have like, uh, I have quite a, a bit of, I have a bunch of new tracks basically coming out at the end of the year, which I'm really excited about. And a lot of that was me channeling a lot of pure, um, sober energy, right? So one of the biggest things is sobriety. Yeah. More or less. And I do allow myself every now and then have a little bit of wine, or smoke a little weed, but I really cut that out of my life because um, it makes it does take away from your full capacity in some ways. I think alcohol, which is a low vibration, is really mm -hmm. it. I don't think psychedelic medicines, I call them medicines for a reason, mm -hmm. but there's other things, other substances that a lot of people use within our community that actually block your third eye center like cocaine mm -hmm. um, and, and other things. So that's something that I'm really passionate about, keeping that out of my life. Then we have the yoga and the meditation. Mm -hmm. And then on the weekends, I usually see my friends. So Monday through Friday, I work. Yeah. And I work yeah. as much as I can. And I think that, here's the thing. Our society has told us to sleep eight hours a day, mm -hmm. eat three times a day, like, this is how you need to be to be healthy. Otherwise, you're going to be this way. Yeah. But if you actually think about that, your brain, you, we control our bodies. Our brains have the ability to heal ourselves. We even have the ability to reverse certain illnesses. We cause our own illnesses through stress and anxiety. So this is something really important that I want to share, actually. If everybody takes, give us a shot if you feel like, you're not really pushing yourself, in my opinion, if you're limiting yourself and saying, I need eight hours of sleep a day to be fully well rested. You're already limiting yourself just there. Telling yourself, if you don't sleep eight hours, you're going to be tired. And your body's going to be tired. If you tell yourself, I'm going to sleep when I really need to, but I can sleep however much I need and it varies, and I will be energized and healthy and feel good, and you believe that, you will feel good. 
So I don't necessarily need eight hours of sleep every day or need to eat three times a day to feel energized mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm feeling my body and giving my body what it needs. And I'm not telling my body, you need this, this, and that, and follow this exact formula. It's mm -hmm. bullshit if you ask me. We don't actually need to eat three times a day. And Einstein and Steve Jobs, if you actually look at how much those people sleep, you can Google it. How long did Einstein sleep on average a day? And how long did Steve Jobs sleep on average a day? Not very much. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. It doesn't mean you're going to be exhausted and wear yourself out if you actually listen to your body and believe. Your body's powerful, people. Like, you should trust that. Don't let the government and TV and movies and everybody tell you how things need to be. We need to start breaking free from those limitations in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. that's pretty much it. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, we all have the friend that, that always gets sick. And it's like, but then they're telling you, like, man, I always get sick. And I'm like, bro, like, half of that is because you're, you're literally already, your subconscious mind is already trained to, like, anything is going to trigger that. And then, boom, you're sick. So. Anyway if you do the opposite because you can't you're making yourself sick if you do the opposite and say dude i'm not i'm chilling i'm strong i'm and the positive affirmations right so not saying i'm not going to get sick but by saying i have a strong immune system you know even that little difference the subconscious mind catches on to that and then it ends up translating so and yeah you mentioned it um i mean i love kobe bryant i mean not just because i'm from la because i love someone that puts 100 percent in and understands what it's going to take to achieve uh the level that they desire and he he didn't sleep that much often either um you know so not saying sleep is bomb though i'm not gonna lie like there are days <laughs> don't need it but um, we're just saying, and like, I love Kobe too. I grew up in LA. My dad used to take me to Laker games when I was a kid and I loved him so much. He's so inspirational, but that's exactly it. It's like, think about it. If you're doing what you love, it's not work. So then you're not actually getting tired when you're enjoying what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And then you can actually utilize that passion as energy and work longer. You see, Kobe loved what he did. It wasn't him forcefully getting up in the morning to do shit he didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. That is exactly why when you're, when you're aligned with what you love, that's why I'm encouraging you guys, go for it. It's never too late to pursue your dreams because you'll get in alignment with that and everything will actually flow easily. You have to work hard for it, but it comes in alignment. Everything's just cute. Yep. My path has been that way as well. And I'm living proof of that in four years, what I've managed to create for myself and where my stance is as a younger producer in the scene right now um is just i you know it's possible and and i didn't think it was possible back then i was like it's too late you know i'm already in my 20s mm -hmm. i have to go back to school now i did it because i loved every minute of it and every single day that i work it doesn't feel like work and you also silenced your e like the ego like you humbled yourself you basically said yeah, this is what it's going to take. Do I want to do it or not? And if I am going to do it, I'm not going to half-ass it. I'm going to enjoy the whole process and learn everything from it. Like when we first started Festy, we're like, oh, dude, in four months, we're going to be in every, at every festival. Everyone's going to have the wristband on us. And that's beautiful to have that passion, that, that desire, that ambition. But then here we are literally four years later, right? And we thought we were going to launch this year. And then what happens? There aren't any festivals. And we're still working hard. We're still trucking along. We're still learning. So it's like immersing yourself in that process. And you mentioned it, Kobe, you, uh, 
a bunch of people that get stuff done, they have a maniacal obsession um, with the process. Um, and, and also, like, talk about the, the first two years. So let's talk about 2016 to 2018, where maybe you did have to make sacrifices. You're balancing work, uh, school, and, and learning. So um, you assume that role, you assume that position. How were you able to do so? It was hard. Let me tell you, there were a lot of tears during that time, for sure, if I'm being completely honest. I had to, yeah, I mean, there was no romantic part of my life. I gave up my job in fear that, like, oh, am I going to get a job that's as good? I mean, I was working my way up and as a, you know, intern and, and working at Dimac Records for about a year, and it was a great job, and, like, usually you work there, and then eventually you get, a, you know, you get to stay there and move forward. I was one of two people working in the marketing and events department. So I was actually working with an event production. It was devastating for me to kind of figure out, is this the right thing? Like taking this risk, like when mm -hmm. I do it. Um, so that was a big part of it. And then, um, yeah, it was very challenging. It was just frustrating at moments. I enjoyed it, but it was scary. Um, but that's the whole part of it. I think I, I learned really quickly like about a year after I started that this challenge, I mean, you see yourself progress and it makes it all worth it. Um, even the sacrifices with going out with my friends or dating or my job, um, school was a huge priority. And, and then I started to meet people through school and the internet that had the same interests as I within production and pursuing the arts. So, yeah, I mean, the first two years were challenging. Now things are, you know, pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get to that first track? How did you, like, because I know that's, like, a surreal feeling. It was so hard. My first track I was working on over the course of a year. Um, I was just constantly trying to figure out how to get it to sound professional. And honestly, when I hear that first track, even now, I'm just like, oh, I wish it wasn't even out anymore. <laughs> Because my level as an engineer, as a sound engineer at this point now, is evolved immensely and I'm really proud of where I'm at. Uh, but yeah, you just, that's the cool thing. Like you said, I, I'm, I'm kind of allowing people to watch me progress and grow yeah. with me. So it's not like I'm just coming out as this like epic producer. I came out and I'm just, you can see my constant progress. And with my upcoming 11 tracks, they're even better than what I already have out as well. On a technical level, like sound and quality wise, as well as, you know, composition. So it's cool to just kind of you, I guess the difficulty kind of is overpowered by when you see your success or your, you know, when you see yourself accomplish new levels in your knowledge. Yeah. Um, so just try to focus for aspiring new producers out there, you know, the frustration and the challenges that come, it's, it's normal. Learn to appreciate that and understand that that's a lesson and a part of your journey to get you to the next part. And then when you get to that next part, you're like, fuck yeah. I fucking overcame that, and now I get it. And I get why it was there. It was there to teach me. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and like, I, sorry, it's funny hearing that because most art, uh, so many artists, and that's why I know when they're like, damn, that first song, they're like, I could have done this better. Oh, like, I could have <laughs> done, like, uh, that would have just been a little this, like, oh, my gosh. And you laugh about it, and it's kind of embarrassing in the moment a little bit. Okay. But it, like, that's what makes it you know, organic and authentic. Like even us, when we, we would go to festivals and be like, hey, we got a festival, we're gonna try to find our friends. And then like the videos would blow up. And I think it's because people are like, damn, that's a person like me. And they're opening up and they're okay to be vulnerable and share a part of themselves. So 
talk about that. Like you being vulnerable and, 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 and that's, that's what it, that's really what inspiration comes from. And the people that look at that and can draw that connection, then you've passed that belief to them. So I know we're like trying to uplift people, but like, this is really, this is true. Like, I mean, I have a little DJ set up back here and I'm not trying to start my career, but who knows what's in store, but it's just about, yeah, yeah you never know. Oh, no. That's why it's very important. Like the power of thought and word, never limit yourself. And, and that's why you shot, you didn't say anything, but a lot of people are like, Oh, that's not going to happen. But don't say that. Like, don't limit yourself. You just don't know. Yeah. Um, and I'm not criticizing people who do, cause I used to do that all the time, but I learned to shift the way I think. And that's a lot about also meditation and what that will teach you. Calm the mind, be present and understand. You don't know where life is going to take you. Mm -hmm. Actually out of your freaking control. Like no matter what, you just got to flow with it. Yeah. So, um, vulnerability. Well, I just want to say, first of all, in terms of your fussy, uh, bracelets and what you're, I'm sure the people who are watching know a little bit about it already, but I think it's brilliant. I just wanted to take a moment to tell you the amount of times that I've had to pick meetup spots at festivals or like anything or losing your friends is so often. We all go through that. Or you see people in like snail lines through the crowds, like all holding their hands and it's like a whole, because they're so afraid to lose each other. Yeah. And so this bracelet will allow people to actually like feel more comfortable to separate from their friends, have some alone time as well. It's really beautiful to be on the dance floor alone, kind of get with yourself. If you haven't done that, I used to do that all the time. And the bat, the bracelet will give you people a sense of safety. Like, Hey, I'm going to find my friends instantly. Exactly. So that's such a great idea. And in the next decade, I feel like, I mean, by the time the decade ends, this is something that I, I do believe will be a really big part of our culture. I really do. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. And, like I said, we're festival goers, so you just mentioned it. Sometimes I do want to go off by myself for like an hour, maybe even two, but then I have to wait and I'm like, but dude, if I'm not able to find my friends again, and then I'm going to pay $100 in the Uber to get back to wherever, or I'm going to have to just, it's, it's gonna, they're going to be freaking out, and then but we're like, dude, what if you could just, no. And then same thing, it's about enhancing the experience. By, by having that peace of mind. And one of the things like where we're working our butts off every single day is because we want to get back to festivals. So we're talking to people, you know, investors, and we're talking to festivals and we're saying, hey, like, let's, let's get that peace of mind, right? And being able to push that. Because the more you, you know that you'll be able to find your friends and, and have that peace of mind, the, the more you'll be able to immerse yourself in the moment and really take everything in at a festival, you know? Mm -hmm. Cause we're always worried. Like you can look away for one moment in the dark and you lose your friends. Yeah. So we're constantly just like, uh, you know, and, and I think that's such a great idea and I really fully support it. And I, I can't wait for festivals to open back up. I'm happy to support you guys however I can. I love the idea. So awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So, so um, to yeah. answer your question about uh, yeah. mobility, um, <laughs> that was something that was extremely important to me. And I think that's what got me to gain the respect of my fans um, that I was sharing my story uh, along the way all the time, posting stories, um, expressing why I was getting into music, how I feel like I found myself, the struggles that I went through. Um, you know, I'm, I struggled with uh, different types of, I had, you know, like I said, depression, anxiety, and what came from that was substance abuse and uh, heavy eating disorder. Um, and I was sharing a lot about that, which is a very uncomfortable topic for people to hear and people to talk about but I was doing it anyways. 
Um, and I still do it sometimes as well when I feel that it's the right time to talk about um, these matters. But it's important for people to know they're not alone. We all like to pretend like we're okay and we're killing and everything's good, but we're all going through similar things in different ways. We're all here to learn and experience these challenges. So if we start to vocalize them and be transparent with one another, we're not so different after all, and we can inspire each other because some may be a little bit ahead on the healing journey. And now I am, and I can offer my help to a lot of other people, both men and women who have reached out to me and said, I went through this too. Mm -hmm. I was shocked actually with the amount of men who felt the courage to come and talk to me about their issues with their bodies. And now the body, people who have, you know, the real disease of an eating disorder, it's not actually about looking thin. It's about control. You know, it's mm -hmm. like someone who harms themselves is harming themselves in a different way. That's essentially what it is. So that was a big part of my life. I had to do outpatient rehab. I had to heal with that. And I was open about it. And many people like couldn't believe it. And I said, you know, music, is the way that I cope with a lot of these things that still sometimes pop up or the way I dealt with my friend's loss or when she passed away or anytime I have these unhealthy feelings, I go turn to music. And everybody has, like I tell people, what makes you feel good? Because in the moments that you feel like you're overwhelmed with this pain or like confused, go to that that place, that happy place. And for me, I found that it was music, but imagine I didn't have music for X amount of times in my life. I didn't even know that was what I was supposed to be doing. So that's why I was so unhappy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and as soon as I found that again, my happiness just became stable all the time. So I feel it's super important to share and, and vulnerability is scary. And so a lot of people are, are going to feel afraid. I highly encourage you guys to overcome that fear and talk about it um, because it's done nothing but help me connect with people on an intimate level. Yes, sure, there's a couple of people who judge here and there and they're just like, that's a little much, but that's I'm not for everybody. And that your story won't be for everybody either. Mm -hmm. But it could change someone else's life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it's better to take the risk of helping someone than to be afraid of being judged. Because fuck judgment. It doesn't actually exist. And the people who are judging you have issues with themselves. Let them figure that out on their own. You yeah. know? Yeah. So everybody, please be vulnerable. It's like the most beautiful thing. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for sharing that. You know, and just want to say, that, you know, sorry for for your loss. Like that that hurts because I've had same things. You know, friend, freaking amazing friend, and then you hear about you know, oh, he, he committed suicide or whatever, and then you're like, and then it's hard because you you're like, damn, I wish I could have done something. You know what I mean? And but what does it say? And it's because like, guys, we really like mental health is a real thing. And therapy, I see a therapist, right? And, and my friends say, Oh, why would you I'm like, bro, because like, we all go through trauma in life. Like you, if you go through experiences in life, you're going to go through some form of trauma. So think of it as um, you're, you're driving, you have a, your windshield and you're driving, there's going to be whether it's a bug, whether it's rain, whether it's whatever, it's going to cloud that, you know, the vision the window and it's okay. All right, well, there's fine ways to, to buffer that out. Or, and, and one of the ways is by, by, by owning up to it, you know? And, and yeah, so thank you for being vulnerable. I mean, it's, well, it's therapy. I, I recommend it for everyone. 
I totally agree. I think people see therapy as, oh, if you're going to therapy, there's something wrong with you. But that's not true at all. Because what trauma is, is an, is an emotion that got stuck in you. That's why people who've experienced something 15 years later, they still feel that feeling. It's stuck in you. So that's all it is. And how do you get that emotion that's stuck in you, stuck in you out? You talk about it and you cry about it. You have to feel it. That is it. And therapy is just a place for you to discuss these issues. That's it. Because unfortunately, we don't live in a world where a lot of people are going to hold space for that type of conversation. Mm -hmm. That's something that I hope, and I love how you think, I hope we can change that and make everybody feel comfortable to be vulnerable and speak how they really feel. Right now, we are having, uh, we're in the middle of a time where people are feeling more and more afraid to talk about how they feel. Mm -hmm. in my that is going backwards in the way we should be going, people. We need to be talking about everything we feel, no matter the risk, and we shouldn't judge anybody for how they feel, whether it's about themselves, their, their trauma, their political views, whatever it is. It's, we have to support each other on an emotional level, even if we're different. Seriously, like hate and violence and judgment is only a, like the lowest vibrations mm -hmm. that exist besides guilt. Yeah. And... Uh, in order to uplift our vibration, we all need to be holding space for one another's vulnerability. Yeah. And um, you just, you said it like a lot of times we, we need to talk. That's why it's like speak up because sometimes you, you might be wrong and that's okay. Like the having conversations, discussing certain things, learning about other people, whether it's their experiences or, and then, being able to look at it and say, man, you know what? I was wrong about something. And then be humble enough to, to admit that. And then that's literally what it's going to take. Because right now there's so much separation. There's so much, oh, I think this way. Oh, this. Oh, I'm upset because of this. Well, we need to start talking about these things. And that's why I'm, I'm you know, as even me. All right. So my mom was born in the Philippines. My dad's born in Mexico. I straight up look, you know, black. who's this black guy, right? And I've had to grow up with that my whole life. Right? As a founder, as a person, as a basketball player, as this. And you, you deal with all that. So now I'm just saying, like, look, we all just got to talk about it. We all have something unique to bring to the table and something that I have this, this saying. If you, if you can change one person's life, you know, and, and help them move in the right direction, positive direction, like, that's, that's a blessing. Like, you, you've done your job. If you can do two, like, wow two is amazing and if you can change three people like you've won the lottery if you look at it that way where we can literally start to appreciate from that one-on-one -on -one, like right then everything else is just like chain reaction babe it's yeah. a chain reaction it's like one it's like passing forward i mean just one will make a difference because if every one of us does one that's i mean yeah Exactly right. And I really agree with you. And I, I also want to say, like, I can only imagine what it must have felt like as well, just to experience on your level, like the kind of segregation and, and prejudice that you may have experienced, just like I have, honestly, for being, I'm, you know, I'm brown, I'm not white, I'm not blonde, I experienced my own type, you know, that growing up and um, and yeah, and it sucks. And also like, you know, my sexual orientation and just the way that I I'm different as well. And I just feel like it's a time now our we're, it's time to change shit up. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? We all need to accept each other for who we are and honor the difference and honor each other. Mm -hmm. We are the part of us. We're this part of the same species.
Yeah. And we need to respect animals and we need to respect our earth and yeah. everything just needs to change. Yes. Yes. We exactly. do that. You know what I mean? Like our community, thank goodness for the music community because I think a lot of us understand that. Yeah. I do. We're doing it. And and that's why everyone, you know, jump on, speak, voice your opinion, learn. And let, let's talk about that, the music, right? So whatever genre it is, I grew up freaking skateboarding, listening to emo. I was emo boy. And then I was the one with leather chucks. Like, how is that? Why does that black guy have leather chucks on? So you're just the seventh grade. <laughs> then you go to high school. I started playing basketball. I started growing. I started, you know, getting a little, like, ladies are feeling me now. I'm like, whoa, what's happening? Anyways, long story short, music connects people, right? Because you listen to music and you can relate. So whether I'm listening to um, some, some, some hip hop with some harsh, harsh language, right? And someone else might look at it and say, dude, what the hell? Like, that's just negativity, negativity. But if you have like some sort of trauma or if you can connect with that person and say, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like, I understand that you could look at it from a negative lens, but I also look at it and I see he's basically saying, dude, I was around drugs. I was around gun. I was around this and I made it out and I this and I have to deal with anxiety. And it's almost the same thing where um, on, on a track like a, a, an EDM track, a deep house track, it's a melodic, it's a journey. And um, I mean, I got something for you. When, when I went to Maui and driving the road to Hana, and I'm serious when it, I'm the type of dude that in the car, I want to play, like, I play music and then, like, I look for the reaction and then, like, they <laughs> like it. I get that. I God. get that. So I, every time I go on trips, I'm like, all right, I got to get the, the mixes. And then you started releasing mixes, and I would look, go on SoundCloud, check it out. I'm like, all right, let's see. Boom, boom, boom. So I'm here and I'm listening. And I start playing the, tra the, the mix and I already like, you feel it. So I'm here like, damn. And I'm driving road to Hana, Maui, and I'm like, oh, snap. We, we got something here. So I just want to tell you, like, super appreciate it. Like, I feel like not even trying to be creepy or anything, but there's so many people that you – that haven't reached out to you, who you're still having an impact on their lives, your story, you know what I mean? That means so much to me, honestly. And I, I guess you're right, because I have a lot of people who do reach out all the time. I mean, even just yesterday, you know, someone told me that they're, they just lost someone and they're going through a hard time and one of my records, you know, has been helping them through. Or another person saying, I listen to this track every single day before I go for a run and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and then there's the people who don't reach out, but. I mean, I'm just grateful to be able to contribute something that makes people feel good. You know, what it is, is, is our electronic scene, we don't have words very often, mm -hmm. right? So we're telling a story through sound. That's it. So that's why you can feel because that, that sound, that progression, that melody will make you feel a similar feeling I felt when I made it. Mm -hmm. And then we're connecting. And you're like, oh, I feel her. Like I can feel what, or whatever, even if I pick someone else's, another artist's record to play that I connected with them, they made that, and then I share it with someone else. We're yeah. connecting non-verbally. And that's why sex and ear porn and why I think sex is super important is because sex is a form of non-verbal communication, right? We make love, we try to express ourselves without words on a physical level. What is music? We're communicating without words too. Mm -hmm. It's one and the same. 
Mm -hmm. you know and people need to honor that sex is an art it's a sacred energetic exchange you know we need to start understanding talking about it more appreciating it more and not looking at it as some dirty way or you know people misusing it as well you know you know how it goes so i think that that's super important as well and um thank you for saying those things babe i deeply appreciate <laughs> it thank you yo it's it's real because i'm the type of person if i listen to it i'll be like damn, this is, this is it right here. Okay, this is it. So I was like super excited at the time. I didn't reach out, but I was like, I'm gonna reach out one day because she's just, she's gonna keep going and keep doing it. And um, then you announced like, I should have gone to that. I, the ear porn when you did, uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, bro, go to this, like go to this. But I don't know. It's just, there will be many other opportunities, my love. Don't worry. That happens. So let's let's talk about that though, because congratulations. I mean, it's it's almost been what almost two years now. Yeah. No, our ear porn's only been out for a year. Oh yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that. What? How do you? How that come about? You started it, and and it's up. And what? You're, there's other artists that you're supporting. So that whole giving back feel. Talk about that. Uh. I did not want to come into the music industry just making this about me and the music I can make and contribute and provide for other people. There are so many other ways that I can contribute to the community. And I figured out with my skill of working at a record label already, um, I can start my own and help push artists that I believe in to get to the right audiences by investing my money and, and taking my own risks for the sake of their art and help push their art into the right directions. Um, we've had, I think about, I'd say about eight releases at this point. Several have uh, hit the charts. We've got support from artists like Joris Vaughn, um, Henry Saiz, uh, Nora and Poor. Yeah. Um, really exciting stuff. And I'm really grateful that there, these artists trusted in me, which, you know, to be fair, there are only two women on the label. Overall, it's men. And so I also felt really lucky to be trusted by these male energies who, you know, because that, that, that's still there, right? Like, can this woman really take this on kind of thing? There's still that stigma. And they did, they, they came, they trusted me. They sent me their music. They're like, I trust you with this art piece that I made to distribute it for me, to make beautiful artwork for me, promote it for me, put it in the right hands of the artists and help me. And, and that's what something I purely enjoy. I take it very seriously. The people who have worked with me on the label, they know, <laughs> and I am tough, you know, in the best ways. It's for the benefit of everybody. Um, but that's how I get shit done. <laughs> yeah, like, talk about that. Cause same thing. I'm a, I'm a shout out to Kobe. He was tough. Some people are like, man, that, that dude. But at the end of the day, and even myself as a CEO, like when, when you get there when you see the smile, when they're playing that track at the festival and everyone's dancing, that's when you know, like, it was, it was Exactly. Yeah, you know, especially in the music industry, we're all friends, and we build relationships with one another, but there still needs to be that line of, like, this is business as well, and this is a, a process that we need to have our boundaries and have our standards met. And so because I'm very loving, I mean, on a, on a verbal level, the way I communicate with people's babe and love you. And I'm just very much like that. And I will never change that ever. Mm -hmm. But I also have to make sure that people understand, like, if I say something needs to be done at this time, it needs to be done at this time. If you make that commitment yeah. and if you disappoint me, then, you know, that's in, in a sense, I take that personally because 
commitment is commitment. And it's not just, it's, it's a commitment on an emotional level. We're doing this together and I need you to meet me halfway. Yeah. Whether it's the people who make the artwork for the label or the video guys who do the promo art or, um, you know, the people who helped me organize the earporn party and brought Nola from Spain. Yeah. Um, whatever it is. Or my artists. They have to fill out their contracts and have to do everything. I, I do make it clear that, like, I'm also not going to chase anybody. I need, it needs to be a two-way street, just like in a relationship. Yeah. A business relationship is two ways. And so when people make me feel like it's not two ways, then the dynamic will be more like, you know, I don't get upset. I'm just like, I'm not going to do this unless yeah. I'm ready to do this full. So that's me being harsh in a way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's necessary. Yeah. It's necessary. Shouts out to Nora and Pure, by the way, because uh, I used to watch her like she was crossed 2.30 p.m. or 3 p.m. And then now she's like sunset. And, and she's killing it and it's beautiful Coachella like dude. I know I, I really <laughs> admire her and look up to her so much she's actually somebody that I truly admire and I aspire to be that way in my own way you yeah. know but she has a platform of make making this music that makes people feel I love her music and it's her music you can hear her in her music mm -hmm. and she's humble and she's kind and sweet and she's just real. Um, it's really beautiful. And she contributes her, her energy and her love in her own way. Um, yeah, I, I really hope to do the same. I'm 26 years old. So, you know, if what I've got, where I've gotten to in four years, I hope in another four years to, you know, another even decade, yeah. you know, I'll be able to have a platform of a lot of people that I can share my love and energy to, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like you're 26 and it's funny. You could look at that two ways. You could look at it as, oh, I'm 20, like when you started your career, oh, I'm 22, I'm trying to do the math here, or 23. And then, and then, you know, or you could look, like same here, I, I used to play basketball overseas, Philippines, Mexico, right? Came back to the States, 23 years old, went to my first music festival. Cousin said, come to this festival, it's going to change your life. Damn, he was right. Because if you would have told me five years ago, dude, you'd be starting a tech company and festivals i would have been laughing just shooting my damn jump shot and then here we are now and um that's it it's just like you could beat yourself up about like you can't really control your age your number so why do that and and just you know fall in love with the process so it's beautiful to see that the road ahead is is as far as you want to take it and um let's talk about that process how do you make your music because it's it's deep it, it takes you on a journey straight up man i mean Damn, I have it on my phone right now. Like, I only have a few downloaded. No, I, like, real talk. Like, damn. Okay, I see you. Yeah, I mean, I work really hard on every piece. There's a lot of producers who I, I I've, have a lot of producer friends now who are either more established than me or at my level. And they, some of them take a couple days and they finish a track. And that's great. But I personally, I mean, it takes on average about two weeks to finish a track, start to finish, arrangement, mix down, you know, the whole thing. Um, but sometimes it'll, you know, I'm not happy with it for six months. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I will get a like, treasure on Click Records. Um, it took me only three or four days. Wow. It's really different every time. Um, and when I'm not fully satisfied with a record, I never just forcefully, I'm like, all right, I just want it out. I push through until it feels right. And, and then it takes six months for the labels to actually release it. So music that you, you guys are hearing out, come out now were made, you know, sometimes six months to a year ago. Yeah. 
And so it's really hard for me even to listen at that point because I'm just like, oh, fucking over it. So I have to listen to it so many times. <laughs> um, but it still resonates with everybody else, which makes it all worth it. Um, yeah, my process, it always comes from an emotional feeling, from an experience. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to recreate that feeling uh, to let people know that they're not alone and it's relatable. Yeah. So that's why the pieces are very emotional. Got you. Um, I want my pieces to be uh, always, I want them to be emotional. Um, like a, a cinematic score, it's telling a story. Without the music in the film, it's not the same, mm -hmm. right? So in a sense, since there's no film playing, um, you know, when I'm performing in the future or just even having people listen to it, I want something to be playing in their head, whether it's their own experience or a memory or a future possibility if it's uplifting. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the process is tough and it varies. Sometimes I'll start with my melodic elements or sometimes I'll start with my drum elements. Um, I usually use analog record, you know, analog synthesis now um, and I record everything. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a process. So I usually do that. I kind of mix down along the way. And then once I have the arrangement finished, I go back and I mix audio track and mini file piece by piece. Um, and then that's it. Uh, send it to the labels. <laughs> yeah, and you jump on your own tracks because you're using your own vocals, right? Is that what's? Yeah, that's saying? right. Wow. Slowly but surely, there's a there's a record coming out with uh with an artist named Jaden Roxel, um, and I'm actually it's my first like proper singing uh, collaboration with another artist, and I'm trying to utilize my voice to talk about really important things. So if I'm going to use my voice, it's going to be about important topics. Yeah. Um, so like artery of life with senses of mind, um, where I did a vocal collab with them, I was speaking a lot about how we all have the power to heal. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, children are hungry in the world and Amazons are on fire and we all have to rise above that fear, come together and utilize our healing powers. Just like we're here together on the dance floor to hear this record. So that's essentially what the record is talking about. Um, yeah. And I, I intend to continue to do that for sure. And as a woman, right, in this coming up in this uh, electronic music scene, maybe share the ups and the downs and the pitfalls and what you have to deal with, right? Is it equal? I mean, shoot, I want to know because, you know, I mean. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I have an intern who's a woman and I've been teaching, I've been talking to her a lot about this. Uh, her name is Karina. She's a lovely young lady. She's going to Pepperdine University. And she wants to be a producer and I see a lot of light and power in her. And so I've been just kind of preparing her on an emotional level for what comes with being a woman in the scene, because what happens is, um, the men, not always, I have a lot of amazing male mentors and friends, a lot of amazing ones, but I've had many experiences where I've been, uh, manipulated into thinking that I have an opportunity or um, an opportunity to learn on a technical level to get in the studio with a very you know, established artist and then attempted to be taken advantage of. Mm. Um, that has happened. And I'm, I'm a strong woman, I'm a Scorpio, so I'm just like, all right, let's lay it down. And now I'm even more careful um, and I'm also in control and on my own studio and I'm in a point where like, I, I was trying to be a sponge and learn as much as I could at one point early on. And a lot of times people who had more power would try to take advantage of that men with women. 
Um, and that happens a lot and I see it all the time and it still happens sometimes. And sometimes I actually am too paranoid of that happening that I put out that energy and then my, you know, my certain colleagues will be like, dude, Lauren, like, don't worry so much, you know, it's okay. But that comes from the trauma of like, you know, being a woman, sometimes men feel like it's okay to hit on you or that you, you know, that you owe that to them if they're, you know, teaching you something or helping you with something. And so I think it's really important for women to separate business and pleasure always. I think obviously it's as an artist, like I would only connect mostly with an artist. So it's tough in that way to really, you know, set the boundaries. Um, I think that, yeah, that's my biggest advice to women. And another thing is don't let any man make you feel like you're not good enough. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to name any particular uh, situations, but like, you know, there's, you know, Steve from Somatic Records who put me out on a compilation. I was the only woman. Till this day, I honor him and I constantly tell him, thank you for being such an amazing supporter for my art and a safe space for me. You know, I still go to him for advice on records. I'm releasing my upcoming track fantasy with him, which um, is going to have a remix compilation as well. Um, so there's people like that in the industry, but you have to be very careful about who's really there for you and who isn't. Mm -hmm. So don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for those people in my life, my mentors, my friends, Disharmonia released puzzle piece. They really looked after me. Um, but then there's, you know, there, there will be the men that either doubt you or if they see how I look, they'll be like, so like, you know, they start to question my creative process or like what I know technically. And I'll just like lay it down for them. Like, here's all the information you want. Don't question me. You know what I mean? Because they just can't, sometimes men can't believe that like a girl like me could be an audio engineer and producer. Mm. So I just think it's, instead of seeing it as intimidating, kind of see it as fun and let them know, you know, women out there, like let them know what we're capable of. You know what I mean? That's it. <laughs> that but, is strong. No, no, that's great. And um, like you said, you, you've equipped yourself with the tools, right? The knowledge of understanding what it is. Like, for example, same thing. When we started Festi, I, they're thinking, okay, maybe they're thinking, oh, you're a black minority CEO of a tech company. What do you know? Honestly, in the beginning, I didn't know too much. But I was like, why then I got, I have to learn about how boards work under, when you open up something, what's under there? There's a chip. How does that chip work? Oh, how do frequencies work? How do, you know, and then just how you've done it, where now behind you, you have like, you know, all this gear, all this equipment, you know how it works. Like even you sent me, you're like, I like this and this and this and this, you, you know, all your stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> she knows her stuff, which is great. It's impressive because someone that is worth your energy is going to appreciate that. Right. And then there, there it is. Then that's an, a relationship. That's something that's worth maybe moving forward with. Um, you mentioned now bringing it back spiritual. You mentioned I love you. Good for you doing that. That's really. I I didn't know your story. That you, that's how you just kind of went about it, and that's really admirable. And I'm proud of you. It's great. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like your friend said, I don't care. Go figure it out. Make it happen. And like that was our thing. We're like, all right, dude. They're like, what? Do you have a pitch deck? We're like, pitch deck. What the hell is that? And it's like, oh, that's an abbreviated version of a business plan, and this is how you make it. Oh, you need this person. Well, then you got to find them, and and that's literally the journey. And, um, yeah, you know, you, you, when, and it's not easy, it's not easy, but if you sign up for it, you got to have a little thick skin, right. And you also have to, um, 
You gotta believe in yourself. You gotta believe okay. in yourself. That's powerful advice right there. That is right. So spiritual time. So you mentioned your Scorpio. Shouts out. I'm I'm a moon in Scorpio, but I'm a I'm a Taurus over here. I love my Taurus. You know what? Taurus and Scorpios get along the best. There it is. So um <laughs> I personally, so I'm putting this out there, people. Um take note of of as i said nature full moon like i really feel like we're 70 percent water so you got like the full moon it, it it has to do with the tide right there there's a synchronicity there and the week of a full moon like i felt it like i'm someone just just like you we're like go 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 we're working we're making we're having fun we play hard we work hard we play hard okay but we have that discipline and we understand when it's time to do that on the week of a full moon, though, I feel like everything is just heightened so much. So what are your, like, spiritual elements, not religion, not that, but just connecting with, with the universe? And, and, and maybe talk about that, because you have mentioned it already. But um, Oh, please. I, I would ha- I'd be happy to. I am not a religious person because I understand religion. I studied all the religions of the world. And I also studied spirituality, and spirituality is what changed my life. Through spirituality, I found peace and love within myself. And I progressed as a human and I got aligned with my passion. And that was all from being one with the universe and earth, Gaia and universal energy and, you know, collective consciousness. And like you said, the moon, okay, so the moon controls, the gravitational pull is what controls our waters, like you said, and our waves. And because we're 70% of water, we actually are you know, physically affected by the full moon. Um, that's why a lot of women, they get their menstrual cycle during the full moon. Oh, yeah. you know, that's, a, that's a thing. So like women in their circle, they get their cycle because the moon is actually affecting their body and their cycle. It's like, it's really powerful and it's beautiful. Um, and that's the, be- the new moons are the best time to write down manifestations. So I have a whole journal <laughs> of things that I say I've already done that I haven't. Just writing, I have blah, 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 blah. I am blah, 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 blah. And I just write them over and over again during the new moon. Yeah. That's a really great way to kind of physically write down the things that you want to accomplish in your life. Um, and then, uh, like, I, I love to do guided meditations, and I work with a medicine called Hape. Do you know what hape is? Hape, I've never heard of it. Um, so hape is, uh, so it comes from Central America, South America, and like places like Brazil from indigenous tribes. I initially learned about hape through my shaman and uh, an ayahuasca ceremony. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say or recommend it to anybody who's not actually really embarking on a serious self-health, you know, self-healing journey. Um, but this medicine is so powerful. It's literally just tree ash so it's like burnt tree ash mixed with herbs from these indigenous tribes it's been used back in like mayans like the mayans were using this medicine you blow it up your nose and it's like i mean it doesn't make you feel anything on a psychological level it just clears your third eye center or like clears out the bacteria kind of anywhere here we get a lot of mucus as human beings right um and so that's a very meditative medicine that i do only around the full moon so just to kind of clear what's going on here and it's it feels like you're blowing up spices up your nose Mm -hmm. that's what it feels like and then you just kind of sit with that and breathe and it grounds you down because it's tree ash so you're talking about grounding it's the most grounding medicine 
and we have access to it here in California. And if anybody is interested who lives in Los Angeles, I can connect you with my shaman who gets this directly from special tribes like the Yawanawa tribe in Brazil, um, all kinds of different tribes. Um, so there's that or the guided meditations on YouTube. Spirituality, if anybody, I will put money on it, literally. If any, everybody just gives it a shot to, to look in the mirror in the morning and just tell themselves that they love themselves and that they're beautiful and exactly where they need to be on their journey. Once a day, it takes literally 20 seconds to do that. Every day for one month, I bet that their lives would change. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what spirituality is all about. Trusting your spirit, aligning your spirit, your mind, and your body because they're not together. We are not our bodies and our minds are not our souls. So it's really just getting all of that in alignment. That's spirituality. Love it, love it. That was, that was amazing. So, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I have a quote, be the energy you wish to receive. It's that, it's that simple. Be that energy, you know, and um, positive affirmations, real thing, real thing. Like by saying it, by, because we are our thoughts, our thoughts. Well, when I say that, I mean that our thoughts manifest, mm -hmm. right? So on the subconscious level. So it's like, if you want to get somewhere, that's why Lauren's saying, I'm, I'm already there. I'm this. But at the same time, she's complimenting it by working. If I were there, right, how hard would I be having to work? Oh, that much more. Right. So it's that alignment. You're aligning the, the thought pattern with the action and the belief. And boom, you know, and here we are. So let's talk about this festival season right the, the this whole podcast started because festival season we this, don't know uh, yeah, yeah yeah this festival season right here you know um this that's what prompted this whole podcast because we're like all right everyone's at home how do we the and even at, like all right so, so we can't launch or what can we do oh we can connect we're about this product connects festival goers so okay how can we connect festival goers right now oh a podcast a platform there's a lot of beautiful things. People have been live streaming. Um, people have been just coming up with different ways to contribute um, light during these semi-dark times. So talk about that because um, I'm sure going into this year, I mean, uh, I even think you had a post where you're like, 2020 is going to be a big year, right? And I'm like, it's a big year, all right, you know? For <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We all went through some shit this year, man. What a freaking year! It is what it is. You know, this is this is what we needed to all go through. Mm -hmm. But you know, I do believe that the music industry is going to come out stronger than before. Mm -hmm. So there is a positive to this. We just need to be a little bit patient. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that two thousand. A lot of people are writing, "Oh, twenty twenty, go away." I mean, there's funny memes out there, like you know, just deleting twenty twenty or. You know, I regret saying that uh, last year was bad. Give me 2019 back, whatever. But I think that this is all what we need. And it's not as bad as we think if we really just try to focus on the lessons. Um, and unfortunately, there is no festival season. But like you said, there's a lot of different contributions taking place. Um, for example, even the challenge that I'm taking part in right now, hmm. um, Yalcine, uh, who is hosting it, he's been donating the money from other the revenue from other videos and that he's putting up to uh, world health organization. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of us are contributing in other ways, uh, donating money or, um, you know, just volunteering. 
I, I donated a lot of blood. I was coronavirus positive, COVID-19 positive uh, back in March. So when I had the anti antibody test, I was donating blood. We're all doing what we can right now. It's not as bad as we really think it is. This is just change. When we were kids, our legs would hurt because we were growing. Mm. So there's growing pains. You mm. have to go through these pains to grow. And right now we're growing as, an, as a collective. So think about the festival season next time. How lit is that going to be? Yes. <laughs> And it's going to be bigger. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's, and that's literally what we've been talking about because we're like, I love that analogy, by the way. These are the growing pains because how do we make the festival space better? First, it started with what we were preaching and we still are is the trail you leave behind you. Um, throwing your trash away. Like that, that's it right there. You know, you don't want to be at a festival dancing and then you're stepping on plastic and whatnot. It's just these little differences, little things we could do throwing our trash away, um, the plus one mentality, looking out for others, right? Even as, once again, as a female going to a festival, you should be able to, like you said, it's a no judgment zone. It's a no judgment place. At the same time, unfortunately, as much positivity is, some people may have malintentions. So how do we, or how do you as a female go to an event and feel comfortable with the whole, with everything going around? And it starts with people looking out for you too. Okay, making sure that, you know, cause sexual harassment is a real thing at festivals. As much as we love festivals, we want to start addressing these things because that's the way that we're gonna be able to move forward. And like you said, have super lit for the right reason festivals. Yeah. Well, I think the bracelet that you guys are, you've created is uh, a really good start because we can kind of, you know, find my friends. Let's say we don't have service or our phone dies or whatever. This is a secondary, this is like find my friends. You have tabs on the people you're with at festivals. So that's a really great, you know, that's a great start for safety and just, um, you know, we have to, the trash situation, that's the one thing that Burning Man separates itself from others. Mm -hmm. like no one puts trash on the ground it's possible 100,000 people you don't see trash on the ground you know how beautiful that is mm -hmm. I wish you people out there who are putting trash on the grounds you understand how sexy it is to be in an environment that isn't filthy it's like so much hotter and more arousing to look around you and be like clean environment it makes you feel clean and it makes you want to be clean and do wild things and it's good for you and do those things but just give it a shot if you want to have a sexier environment and feel sexier do not put trash on the freaking ground because it's gross and it looks ugly and it feels ugly. And Gaia doesn't deserve that. She's a weak, she's feminine energy. We need to support our earth. She'll give back in the right ways with a, probably a really spiritual, beautiful energy at the festival. Just try, you know, it, it takes two seconds to walk off and put your, tra your trash in the bin and ask someone to come with you. What's a big deal? Or worst case scenario, you get lost. Now we have festi bracelets. So <laughs> guys, it's a thing. You should get them. I know if I'm attending a festival and not contributing to one, I will get them with my friends and keep tags on my, my little nuggets that I love. Awesome. So awesome. Thank you. Um, and then like other, another thing is just etiquette, like people, like I, I'm all peace and love, you know, but if you're walking by someone and you accidentally shoulder budge them or just not even accidentally, just say like, excuse me, you know, excuse me, like, sorry, peace sorry. and love. Like, that's it. Like, sorry, you hit them. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah, it isn't. Like, oh, I, that's happened. Like, where someone hits me, they don't say anything, they leave. Okay. Then someone that's else does it, and they're like, and they're like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. And then I'm like, bro, don't even trip. Like, have an amazing festival. That already, elevation, like, adds up. 
um, if you see someone with an amazing outfit or that they put time into, let them know, hey, I think that outfit is tight. That's beautiful. You know, it's just those little things. And um, on the musical front, artists are creating. So like, talk about that because some artists are depressed, depressed right now. They're like, dude, 2020 was going to be my year. I had this festival, I had this festival. And then now I'm not, I'm not bringing in, you know, financial, um, what I projections at what I thought I was going to bring in. How do we cope with that? Because, um, that's a real thing as well. Yeah. You know, I, I actually just had a conversation with one of my dear friends, uh, producer in Berlin yesterday who's struggling and, you know, I think that I think that it's all about how you look at things, right? We always use the metaphor, don't look at the cup half empty, look at it half full. Mm -hmm. But that is actually really powerful if you actually dive into that and understand what that means. Sure, you can look at how you lost all these gigs. I lost gigs. I had an amazing, I was so excited for this particular gig in London called For Fox and Badge, really dope Burning Man community at Steelyard. I had uh, other uh, events lined up. I was supposed, I was in, living in Berlin, not living in Berlin anymore because of COVID. I could be sitting and crying about the money that I lost, you know, how much energy and time I put into moving there. This is only half of my equipment. My, my equipment's stuck in Berlin. I'm like trying to figure out how to get my shit back. Yeah. And I'm not complaining, you know, because everything is happening for a reason. I'm not sad. And if I can give advice, and I, I know this may maybe not the most comforting way to approach the advice, it's that it's okay if you are feeling sad, but understand that there is a positive aspect to what's happening right now. If you're stuck at home and you're not happy with yourself, then now's the time to learn how to do that. This is, that's a, and you're going to be thankful that you're missing out on these gigs and learning how to love yourself. And then in the future, when you're on stage, you're going to be an even happier person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's all, and that's just an example of one thing, but you know, financially it's difficult, but we are all suffering that way because the economy stopped on all aspects. So it's not just the artists, it's everybody. 25 million Americans lost their jobs. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's no joke. And the same thing in, you know, the head of financial, whatever political system in Germany committed suicide. A grown man because he didn't think the economy could come back from this so you know on a financial level we are all suffering we will get through this and every the economy will go back up especially the music industry it will double by the end of the decade there is proof and statistics and and you know guesstimates i guess you could say um but if if you're depressed my advice to you is to ask yourself why and work on it. Like there's that's literally yeah. all you can do. If you're not in a creative space, that's okay. You don't have to be worried about why you're not making songs every day. If you're not DJing shows and you're sad about it, why? What else do you love to do that can make you happy? Is it reading a book? Is it painting? Is it watching film? Is it learning a new language? What, what is it? Go for a run, adopt an animal. Like there's so many things to do to help you cope with that depression because everyone's experiencing it and it's okay. But look at the cup half full as opposed to half empty. I'm sad that I wasted my time moving to Berlin and I'm living in LA now after only three months after the move. But I'm happy that I'm here with my family and my dogs during this time. And I'm happy that I recovered from coronavirus. I'm not sad that I got it. I'm happy I recovered. You see, it's all the power of thought. I could sit here and be like, I can't believe I fucking got it. Mm -hmm. I was sick in bed for 30 days, blah, blah, blah. But no, it's, it's about, I recovered, I'm great. Look at how healthy I am now, amazing. 
oh, I wasn't creating a lot in the beginning because I was too sick to, but now I'm creating, you know, a fair amount. Like everything is about shifting your thoughts and shifting the way that your, your perspective. So producers and DJs out there, if you're depressed, please take a moment to adjust the way you're thinking and it's practice and it's, it takes an effort of being like, oh, I'm being negative right now. Well, it's a really beautiful day and I have my hands and fingers and can even sit on a computer and watch a YouTube yeah. video. Not everybody fucking has that. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's all about the power of your thought and shifting the way you're thinking and your perspective. For sure. Yeah. I trip out about that too. I'm like, bro, I have hands like, yeah, damn, it would be all different if like I didn't like everything would be different. You know, the thing is I would still have to find things to be appreciative of to move forward. And you know, it's okay to, to feel down for a, a few moments. It's okay to, you know, feel that sadness, fear that we're human. You don't neglect it. Then there comes a point where, like you said, why? Why am I feeling it? And then dig deeper. But why that? Oh, okay, because that. Oh, but why that? And that's what like therapy is all about. A lot of these things stem from when we we're literally children trying to interpret and learn about the world from such a young age and going through experiences and then having to carry that with us throughout our whole life. You know, now the the, the beautiful thing, there's so many creative outlets. You just mentioned it. And right now is the time to tap into the creative energy. So, um, and at the same time, if you're feeling good, share that to somebody else. Like jump on social media. Hey, Lauren, I freaking love your story. I would love if you, you know, even just reading this message, I appreciate you. And if you didn't want to take the time to jump on that, would be great. Boom. You know, that is, that's currency right now. That positivity is currency right now. And spreading it, it's, it's easy. It's money you can make right now. Right. But it starts here, the mindset. So, um, and this is. Yeah. Oh, sorry to interrupt you. I just want to emphasize uh, because you said something really important and I agree. It is very important to validate your emotions. Whenever I'm feeling sad, I validate it. I don't get mad at myself for feeling sad. I'm not like, oh, I shouldn't be depressed right now. Life is beautiful. Why am I upset? No, I feel upset right now. I'm not, you know, I'm going to sit with this emotion. I'm not going to try to escape it. I'm not going to distract myself. I'm not going to go have a glass of wine or whatever it is. Where everyone has their advice. I'm going to sit with it. And then I'm going to ask myself, why do I feel this way? And what can I do to shift the way I feel? And that's when I gave the examples. I just wanted to clarify that the examples of the other things you can do right now to shift that and to show up for yourself, comfort yourself. You cannot find happiness in others, maybe temporarily, right? But you have to find that within yourself right now. And all this change that we're all doing also starts from within. Mm-hmm. You shift what's going on in here, everybody. We're going to be a part of a massive shift as a collective. Yes. Yeah. Super true. Super true. And um, yeah, everyone, you know, have that positive outlook. I know things are tough. Like you said, these are growing pains, um, but, but we always find a way, you know, come together, speak, transfer that energy. Um, your music does that. Your music does that. And if that was your mission, your mission is being accomplished every single day. And like, yeah, it's tight. Thank you so much. I'm so deeply grateful for your kind words. It's always good to hear, to know that what I'm doing is making an impact to whatever extent. So thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, for all the new, new listeners who maybe haven't heard your music, that's beautiful because then they get that opportunity. How can they find you? What are like your social media handles and sure. website? 
all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so on Spotify, it's just Lauren Space Mia. Um, I should be the first Lauren Mia to come up. SoundCloud, it's soundcloud.com slash Lauren Mia Music. Facebook is also facebook.com slash Lauren Mia Music. Um, so that's Spotify, SoundCloud, and Facebook are my main social media platforms. And Instagram, if you look up Lauren Mia Music, I'll also be the first to come up. So it's easy. You don't have to kind of scroll through. Um, yeah, and Lauren is spelled L-A-U-R-E-N-M-I-A. Uh, I would love to connect. Uh, feel free to message me. I love hearing from people. I usually do my best to answer, um, you know, when I can. Yeah, thank you for having me, Desmond. I appreciate it. All right, yeah, this has been great. Long time coming. I'm glad we, we made it happen. We'll definitely do it again. And yeah. the beautiful part is we'll be able to look back at this and, and laugh and smile about it, you know, because all the, the future success and just the people that and the lives that you're going to impact, you definitely made an impact on my life. And it's just crazy to see, like, like it's just, it's such a, it's beautiful, you know, and um, keep it up. Thank you so much for sharing. And um, we're all connected. We you said in the beginning, peace, love, unity, and respect. These are principles. <laughs> the festival community has, 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 put and bestowed upon us all we're all connected together as one let's take that add that that rainbow i call it the rainbow recipe the rainbow recipe all life all energy take some rain add sun rays that's what we're doing and it starts you know i got just a little by the way i got a little i love that that's coming out yeah we got the the rainbow recipe i might have to drop a track or something Hey, that's like a great title for a talk. Word, word, word. Well, you know, um, hey, that's because I, I listen to music and it inspires me. And not even just music. It could be art, other forms of art. It could be speaking to someone. It could be looking outside, looking up into the sky, right? There's outer space. There's inner space. We're all connected. Festi fam, this has been great. Lauren, Mia. Got a lot of love for you. Got a lot of love for you. We'll definitely do this again. All right, everyone. Peace, love, unity, and respect. Again, my name is Desmond Barristain. Festy Files. We're signing. Yeah. Oh, one more thing, everyone. (laughs) Okay. Give it to us. One more thing, everyone. We have an exclusive, an exclusive mix by Lauren Mia that we're going to play you guys right now. We hope you love it. Maybe Lauren, you could speak about it real quick. Um, I just recorded a little uh, exclusive podcast for you. Um, it, has, it has a lot of unreleased records on there by me and other colleagues as well. So a lot of the tracks you won't be able to find yet. Um, it's This mix is not one of my... Uh, my more in sync and flowy mixes. I try to really incorporate a lot of different uh, styles. I mean, it's all the same genre, but within the subgenre, there's a lot of different approaches to uh, the rhythm. And um, overall, it's a very uh, melodic mix per usual. And I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. There it is, a Festi exclusive, a Festi first podcast mix by Lauren Mia. Um, all right. It's all right. too much fun. <laughs> first festival this is one question i had to ask how was that first festival getting up there i mean i've seen there was one where you, you showed the, the the clip and i think you were in latin america and you were playing and it was like super late at night um i remember there's like a disco ball behind you or something there was beautiful lights. all i know is how does it feel being up there um just walk us through that because from an artist 
to work so hard, first learning how to compose music, going through that whole process, releasing the track, and then to perform. Well, um, to be honest, my the greatest, the largest crowd I've only I played in front of until today is just uh, around two thousand people. It's a very small crowd, so I'm still on the performance aspect of things. Um, as I've been just really growing my my library of records and also improving my my skills because eventually I'm going to be a live performer. I don't want to just be on the decks always, so I have this live set component that's you know, including about five different pieces of hardware. Um, so I'm really like focused on, on building this foundation right now. And so the, the performances have been less of my focus. Having said that, when I have performed, even in front of those, I mean, a thousand people to some may sound not like a lot, but for me, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging. I wasn't, you know, it's never just easy for me to get up there and be like, woo, it's, you know, you're in control of what people are going to feel. And you have a very heavy responsibility to make sure they have a good night and feel good. A lot of people are on substances. You don't want to ruin their energy or their vibe. You have to be present, you have to be professional, and you have to be able to handle that energy focused on you as well. Because there are moments, don't get me wrong, where I mean, sometimes I'm just like the lights in my face and there's a moment where I'm just like, whoo, this is a lot because I'm still getting used to doing all that. But um, the moments are so exhilarating overall. Like literally 90% of the time, I'm just, it's almost equal to an orgasm. <laughs> really just so incredibly exhilarating and arousing and sexy to just like be with the crowd and be on the opposite side of the dance floor that I was once on providing and and I, you know, intend to continue to earn my space and, and, you know, earn the, um, I hope for people to allow me to continue to do that on a grander scale to, to give you guys that. So I can't we're, wait. We're, we're with you along the, the journey and we appreciate you allowing us to, to be with you along the journey, right? Being vulnerable, sharing, speaking about certain things, and then providing that, that, that energy through the music. And like I said, we're going to look back at this and just appreciate every single moment. So Lauren, oh, Lauren, Mia, thank you so much from the bottom. We're actually getting off this time, Desmond. Ooh, this is it. This is it folks. Until part two, until part two. <laughs> All right, love. It was really good talking to you and connecting with you. Thank you awesome, so much. Everyone. Take care. Peace, love, unity, and respect. Bestie Files signing out.